NXT is the story of those with the audacity and the ability to stand tall on the threshold of greatness. Their story is unfolding today. Now is their time. They must defeat all limitations, leave nothing to chance, leave nothing behind. NXT is the gateway to the future, and the future begins now. Are you ready? Drop. NXT Full Sail Era song fucking gets you going, dude. I was the, the, it was seven thirty in the morning this morning, and I was jumping up and down on the, the couch. The next one's the one that gets me. Like the, the roar of the crowd, stop your feet to the ground. That was the one. I'm just like, oh, I should have done. I, I should have done a little pre-production because I thought we could go right into our theme song right there, and then and then do normal intros. No, but no, no, I fucked it up. This nope. is fine. This is fine. <laughs> No, it's fine. This is this is fine. Hey, y'all. Hello. Welcome <laughs> to Genuine Wrestle Boys, a podcast of four friends made better friends through a love of professional wrestling. I'm Derek. Oh, hey there. I'm Matt. Hello. I'm Eastside. Uh, I'm Zach, and yeah, I like if podcast is a family. I'm the the gay cousin. <laughs> Sometimes, but yeah, I guess. Well, I'm the Mexican cousin. Are we all cousins then? I mean, is, am I? Am I, can I ever, you yeah, saying was, I have been mistaken for brothers before? Because if you're fat and into the summer and I'm tan, then you look the same. That's interesting. You must get dark as hell when you tan. So I, I, I was on a medication at one point in my life where my skin got very dark, uh, problematic dark. I, I to huh. be honest, <laughs> he, I did. I think it was blackface. I, I think like, it was what after. I think it was after this podcast had started when I found out that you were white. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a thing. It's a, it's a thing. I got that. Sometimes I get that olive skin, but I'm white as hell. Except I don't know. Half half my life is a mystery. Maybe it's probably maybe you're Italiano. No, what else is a mystery? Evolution. <laughs> Are you ready? Turn turn that one turnstile song. I'm, I'm everyone else on this podcast. I know. And I like them too now. And and myself, I like I like them too. I know. Yeah. A lot, but it's good. It's objectively good music. Okay. That show okay. sold out quick as fuck. Yep. I'm gonna be there. Jealousy. Right. Jealousy. Zach, you primed us in our group chat about a dream, and I need this. I did. I, I did. I've um, been wondering about this. Oh yeah! I, I, Today we're going to be talking about uh, NXT. Last week we talked about the game show era. Now we're going to talk about uh, Bo Dallas. Now we're lot. setting up. We're setting up shop at Full Sail University. <laughs> and so you know, nothing quite describes. I think the like looking back on the and this era of NXT and 
um, WWE in general and, and NXT as a developmental system, then the uh, the experience of what happens when you get to the main roster as one of those people. So last night I had a dream out of nowhere. Um, I was a uh, uh, Chad Gable. You were um, Chad Gable. I was Chad Gable. Alpha in this dream, strong. Alpha strong. Which you know, finally it got to be short. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been taller than Chad Gable since fifth grade. Yeah, but, I'm jealous you know, of short finally. kings too. Yeah, but uh, uh, so in in this dream, uh, I was uh, competing on Raw in a uh, suplex derby, which was literally just how many suplexes can you do, I, and won, and I won a truck. <laughs> cool. But, like they do in like home run derbies. I was say, that in, sounds like, like that sounds like a like a promotional event in like a Nebraska parking lot in but, like the '90s. But it like very much wasn't like. In, a, in WWE, it's like, oh, if there's ever a contest, that becomes the person's gimmick. Like, right. you know, it was just like my truck now. And I was just driving now it. Now you're Chad Gable, the show. truck guy? No, so you you don't know this person, but you are going to become them. Their name was Tookie Tucker, the wrestling trucker. Tookie? I, I love that. But actually what happened is uh, get to get to a show in my truck, get out, and Vince is there. And he goes, oh, that's a nice truck. That's what you're gonna be now. You're truck kid. <laughs> and so the rest and the rest of my dream, I was truck kid. Cool. That was my entire gimmick. And I didn't come out in a truck like Eddie Guerrero or anything. I just went out there in my Tron said truck kid. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and if y'all want to see the debut of Truck Kid, go back and rewatch Roseland 2 on IWTV. <laughs> truck Kid makes, I'm gonna, truck kid I, makes I, it run in on Malachi Black. Head taken clean off. Unprompted, run in, unprompted uh, and unwelcome. It's, it's a hit and run in, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh that's a, that's the finisher right there, the hit and run. But, they, but you wow. lose every time because you just like Larry at them and then leave, and then <laughs> just grab and, and, and say, oh, "Say okay. I, I, I that, did it that, for the Rock." That's a fucking that's a a gimmick I can see happening like in like comedy indies. Like oh, oh, you just like rock. clothesline him from hell. It's the obvious one, two, three, but you're like, I gotta get hit, back to the fucking truck. Hit, Truck's still the, running. The hit and run. Just wants to knock him out and then get out of there. <laughs> yeah, just bail. <laughs> wow. Bail before the cops show up. <laughs> that's an, that's, that's a great a, dream. That's incredible. So t- yeah, today we're gonna talk a bit about quite a few wrestlers who um, had basically that experience since yeah. the time that we're looking at. Yeah. 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 What I what I thought before like, we hop into the meat, before we hop mm-hmm. into meat and gristle, the one thing mm-hmm. that I thought was so fascinating and fun about looking into this era of NXT opposed to the reality show, which was fun in its own way, but it's like seeing just how good our like the, our WWE favorites now like have been have been like I I was never a big follower of the independents when of course when that was going on, and so to see Sami Zayn out there just fucking. Whipping around, zipping around, having a good time. See fucking Cesaro out there being jacked, wearing a Gatson flag or whatever that's called, which I was being, getting being a fucking all American that that Swiss man. Yeah, yeah that's I mean that's in my notes. I got lots of questions for Eastside when we get to specific things, but um, um, yeah, so. This era of NXT, you could tell it was different. So it started June 20th, so, 2012. Let's set the stage a little bit more. The ambush begins. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so the stage I want to set. So the previous episode, we talked about NXT and what it was. And it's like a bunch of people from developmental called up to this main roster show. Well, instead, what they did is they took 
Florida Championship Wrestling, which was their developmental at the time. And they were just like, hey, we're just going to, we already own this IP over here. We're just going to put this um, over here. And so. So, um, so it's really just it, a copy and paste kind of situation? Kind of. So FCW and their developmental all before was owned by other people. And they would essentially contract them out to do it. OVW was owned by Nightmare Danny Davis and Jim Cornette. HWA was owned by um, what the fuck's his name? I can't remember. It's a dude who runs like Cincinnati in Ohio. Um, Bill? uh, No, it's not Bill. I can't remember his fucking name. Um, Uh, Andy Dalton. Is Andy Dalton Big Red, the Red Rocket, as they call him? The most famous Cincinnati man. Yeah, Yeah. Google him like I just did. (laughs) Um, And then also like Deep South Wrestling with Jody Hamilton. That's what they've done. That's what they had done before. And um, this time it was Triple H who had taken over um, as like like the vice president of like de- like talent and development, and it's kind of like a new position they were giving him, and he revamped everything about um, developmental. He essentially cut ties with with Steve Kern, the owner of uh, FCW, um, and they took their roster, moved it under the and essentially WWE was now its own developmental. They branded it NXT. Less so, Thatcher, by the way. Less Thatcher. That's who pretty boy. Mm. Um anyway. Hey at this um, time too, just at this time, did is this when Shawn Michaels came in too? Was it kind of like a changing of the guard or was this not quite there yet? Shawn Michaels didn't come in for a while. Okay. They actually brought in kind of towards the end of it when Triple H was starting to take over, uh, they fired Dr. Tom Pritchard and brought in Bill DeMott. Oh uh-huh. famous a piece of shit. Famous piece of shit from before. But um, I will say one thing. Like, if Triple H likes somebody, he's very loyal. Like, Terry Taylor at the beginning of his WCW career was very good to Hunter. Terry Taylor still has a job today. His big notable run was he was the Red Rooster. Huh. huh. I mean, the, give him the credit that he deserves, though. Texas Tornado was sick. That yeah. was Kerry. That wasn't Eric. him though. That fuck. That was Kerry Von Eric. Fuck. Yeah. That's my bad. Yeah. Um, but just to, just to, yeah, just the Roosters credit. The, the tornado was cool. <laughs> That's fair. And so at this time too, because before, for the most part, and this is going to be um, something we're going to see develop in the time. WWE like to try to create their own stars. It's been like that since day one. But you were starting to see. That was only the- last month, Isai. That pay per view. That's true. <laughs> Um, that's, that's so dumb. Um, uh, that like threw me off. Yeah, yeah, that's how you know episode it was a derailed. Joke. Um, so, but you would always get some people kind of slipping through, coming in that weren't supposed to. And at this at that time before, you had like the CM Punks of the world, Matt Sydal, who became Evan Bourne, who were guys that made it. Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, um, him coming up. Like stuff like that. It's like okay, well, these other people. But then you'd also have the Gunner Scotts, who is Brent Albright in ROH. Um, you would have guys like Ryan Braddock, who is Bradley J. Like these other guys, Chad Collier, that were like indie guys, but the Colt Cabana, famously, like who beforehand would get called, like get signed, and then just kind of like live in developmental for a few years, and then just get cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after was... a shitty main roster run, and so you're seeing a little bit more in FCW 
of some of these kind of journeyman indie who had been doing it for a while, the Corey Graves of the world. Before it really turned, you got you got Cesaro, you got Chris Hero, Cachisono. Um, and so that was kind of a really weird thing to see. Like at FCW, it's like you had these guys who loved wrestling, who were wanting to do this, who were wrestling fans, who did independence. And so it really leads into kind of what happens with NXT because Ambrose and um, Moxley, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins, the former Tyler Black. Well, think about um, that. There are people who aren't going to know him as Dean Ambrose. There's a world yeah. where people don't know him as Dean Ambrose. That's and wild. Yeah. It is. What what a beautiful vision for the future. <laughs> and what was really kind of cool about some of these FCW things before it really like got rebranded is they had like some really cool stuff going on. Um, and they were kind of slowly putting together the pieces that was going to be NXT even from the start but it's just kind of like it was priming it up and it was like testing the waters like, D- like Dean Ambrose's first promo on FCW TV was awesome he actually never made it to NXT TV until he was already with this shield yeah but that's they one held thing him off this is like this is like cutting ahead but I watched the like part of a, a recap thing of the first season and it ends with a shield promo and Seth is the guy. I didn't realize Seth was the leader of the Shield. Because Tyler Black, right? Was he so, kind of like of, of that ilk? Yes I mean, he, no. he had quite the name behind him already, right? Yes. So he actually, um, he was Ring of Honor champion. He was like, he was, was about to get a job with TNA. And he was trying to get hired by WWE so bad <laughs> that he literally just called Johnny Ace. He's like, hey, TNA's offering Hello. this. What can you, what, like... What can you do? He's like, all right, kid, give you a call back. Don't sign anything. because. And then he also called Jim Cornette, who was head of creative of Ring of Honor at the time. And Jim Cornette's like, don't you fucking go to TNA. You motherfuckers are going to fuck you. And That was a bad TNA Hey, bro, I just, I'm just trying to find it, trying to find my dollar, Jim. <laughs> and so, and so, like, that was the reason why, like, Jim Cornette even like tried to help him out, get him in there. Um, but Seth was was a big deal. Ambrose was a big deal on certain smaller indies, but he never did the Ring of Honors of the world and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, they had never really crossed paths like in anything major. But on NXT, he was maybe positioned as the top guy because he was the champion. On main roster WWE, Ambrose at first was an de facto leader because oh, okay. he was the one who could talk and he was the U.S. champion where Seth and Roman were the tap. Yeah. Mm. Well, there was this promo where, like, Seth starts it off. and Is he, he in the middle, too? Yeah, and he cuts it's a great promo. He yeah. cuts a great promo. And then, and it's framed really well where Roman doesn't look big. He looks the same size as those two. Mm. And then Dean talks, and it's great. Like, he talks all weird and he sticks his tongue out all weird. <laughs> yeah. This then, this era of Dean Ambrose makes sense why he sold so much fringe. so much fucking merch at Hot Topics and shit to like thirteen year old girls who are yeah. the weird weirdos in their class. Yeah, the thing is, they they keep they keep on with that this shit for him. Like he never leaves. Like, like yeah. the thing like if they let him just kind of even just be this guy. He, like he, there's no Moxley, it's still Ambrose. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but then exactly. Roman talks and can't fucking talk, and it's yeah. like it's like, wait, 
this is Roman Reigns. Like looking at it, it like ten years later, like from that time, it's like this is the biggest star. He's doing great work, and he he sucks. Yeah, and it, um, we're talking about maybe five, four years ago when he started to even kind of get a little comfortable. Well, and that then, thing with Cena, you know, yeah. kind of pushed him. Like two years ago, like to when he actually like really like hit it. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think the first sign of like the Roman we see right now and like him actually being good was just the the fucking raw after Mania where he just said, "This is my yard yeah. now." Yeah. yeah, and that's all he said. And like, it's like but, on that, but final, that was, finally, that like he but, said so much more by not saying that much than he did in all the fucking suffering succotash promos that well, he'd had the years. That's how he that. ended the NXT promo. He said, "This is our yard." I would say for Roman too, it took a lot of like you know the walls being uh, Jericho style broken down when when mm-hmm. he had to relinquish the title. I think that's where it was like finally there's a real fucking person here, and so like then when it started like when he came back and was cutting promos, it was like we finally got to see it wasn't just the dude that they were trying to get over. It's like all right, this is a human being we are now rooting for, not just yeah. him being shoved down our throats the whole time. But what but, I was wondering with with NXT specifically it was they're getting all these people who for like. You know, the, it, whatever you call it in the lexicon, the indie darlings of the 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 scenes or whatever. Yeah, but you does got the pack the, you got as an Adrian Neville? Does right. the crowd kind of? I mean, I'm just, obviously fans from the indies are like, well, I got to go watch them with in this high production value situation. But were there also like WWE at the time? Did the transition go smooth or was it so, like were WWE fans like? So there was no like real FCW fans. We're gonna just put sure, that off sure, there. sure. There were sixty people in a very tiny warehouse yeah. watching. Yeah, that's wild. it's like it's like they would do these shows for like thirty, forty, fifty, hundred people on good days. And think about that. This is people who are signing to the biggest wrestling company in the world, um, and they're they're cutting their teeth on these super small shows and. Um, Seth Rollins has talked about this on many interviews. It's like he gets signed. He walks into this shitty warehouse in Florida that was like a, also like a batting cage cool. where they have a couple rings set up. And like that was FCW at the time. So Triple H takes it over. And there's already a little bit of change in philosophy because of some of the people that were in place. Guys like Joey Mercury who were trying to sign a lot of indie guys. Before him, uh, Mike Bucci, who went by Oz Nova. Like Blue World Order, like Nova, mm. um, Simon Dean for mid two thousand SmackDown fans. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, That's me. Um, and so it's like they were bringing in these guys. Those are the guys that snuck in the Punks and the Cabanas and the Matt Seidels and like all that who like got those guys in and got them jobs. So there wasn't and, like a Triple H didn't have some sort of uh, like epiphany of like i was wrong we'll, all these years we'll talk about that i mean yeah at the, the, on the, the onset people had to be kind of snuck in the back door at first yeah there was and there was still like there was still a taboo thing to be an indie guy because they thought mm-hmm. we have to train you again okay. this uh, is like, something that bill demott said it's like look at this is when daniel bryan brian danielson was like hitting world title and shit like that he's like look what we did to him we had to retrain him the fuck they did yeah, but that was a narrative that Bill Demont was spreading, and I think a lot of it was with him. Because once we'll get to this when this happens, but once um, the uh, former Tensai, the former Albert, the former Jason Alberts, Matt oh. Bloom comes in, um, the philosophy really changes because somebody got real big in Japan, and then was like, "Oh, there's other stuff." Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I really feel like that might be a, a almost too like a myth of like. 
you know, when it comes to WWE, there's the idea of like a WWE style. And I feel like that's really kind of being dissolved only really recently now that we're seeing other major promotions where you're like, oh, people who come up on the indies are actually way more highly effective as pro wrestlers because they've had to adapt to way more different styles mm. on the fly than like the, a WWE, you know, kind of presentation. Right? Uh, there's a WWE main event style that I'd say like, there is a very specific like learning curve to doing it well and to like to be able to do like like edge versus be a main Randy. eventer. I mean honestly yeah, like those kind of matches that like these big matches that like are that WWE style that's not like the most dynamic but can be really entertaining great storytelling. That is like the difference. Like mm-hmm. That's the WWE style, but it's like... Right, the WWE style actually, is more of like a storytelling style and, and than an actual wrestling is. style. When you have a guy like Seth Rollins that knows this other style and then puts those tools within the WWE style, that's why guys like him can be so compelling. Mm-hmm. And even when he gets a lot of hate, he always brings people back into enjoying him. The Royal Rumble as proof that we had just seen uh, from when we were recording this. Um, everybody's like, oh yeah, Seth's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yep. yeah, like Seth and like and Finn are like two guys like they can do that indie style and they can do like we saw Finn's run going back to NXT like it was so different than how he wrestles on the main roster but like he just he knows what the difference is right there mm-hmm. like he it's like it's kind of like you know like bands that like have like really really big deep cut catalogs but then also like big hits like they know which crowds to like do those like deep cuts yeah. for John Mayer. <sighs> Interesting. He has, He's got he good has, songs. He has some good cuts. He has his blues trio, but then he also knows what's gonna get him fucking paid. And he mm. also he's in the Grateful Dead band, right? Or is yeah, that he's or, in, is he, yeah, he, or is he yeah, he's in Dead, Dead and Company? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I didn't know this was a Mayer cast. Uh, I love John no, Mayer. No such thing, rocks. He's a piece of shit, but no such thing. Apparently, rocks. he's getting better. I've been following the, the his the, dick ain't racist no more. Oh, I don't fucking know. I don't. I've been following that close. Oh my god! I didn't <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's a, that's what he said like back in like 2011. <laughs> a or something very like long that. time ago. His, his, his dick was racist. Jesus Apparently, Christ. he d- he would do like makeup videos and shit, and like because he likes a lot of the colors and like Jenna said, like he went off like he just like fucking like really let loose. So maybe he's grown up in the last I, I imagine you can so. only ever hope yeah. we saw it from randy and i and that's i if, and now i think anyone can change oh right yeah. so that's kind of setting the stage yeah let's get to the action let's get to the now that we're, we're just when... waiting for the world to change here yeah. so <laughs> so how does this present it to the world so it it's presented to the world by uh the intro of this podcast it's a much longer speech um what i what i read and then you hear the riff I don't even know the song. It's was on Guitar Hero. It's the Coheed riff. What's song? It's Welcome Home. Yeah, and I have don't think I have ever heard a better wrestling song, right? For like yeah. an intro of a of a show, because it's like it gets you hyped. And this is just on the network right now, right? Network is around. This is, this is just on because the network's um, not a thing yet, on, right? Ne- network's not there yet. The the network starts. At, uh, at NXT Arrival. Oh, okay. okay. So we're yeah. still mm. leading up. So where is this being presented? Is it just kind of like... Uh, uh, Hulu. It, it's just on Hulu? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so here's one thing I'll say before we dive in. I watched the first episode of this. And then I watched the second. 
and I really wanted to watch more, but I didn't have time. I yeah, I the novelty wears off. I love it for me at least, like personally, because like it's really interesting seeing these people. How weird original NXT is, like uh, who they think is going to be a star, and by the time we hit a rival how different those people are yeah um yeah. and how they present them and stuff it's wild um it gets rough for a little bit oh, I'm before sure, like we I'm start sure. having those zane and cesaro matches and stuff like that i'm and sure it does but it's like it was it's felt like it's the thing that i've been missing in wrestling since 2.0 started it's like it, 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 it has that, a similar so- feel I was gonna say it, it, the thing is, is that it's not as good, but it has a, it's, the feel. It's two point oh. Two point oh is originally yeah. It's exactly the same. Yeah, like it's just a different color palette and stuff. But like but yeah, the storylines and the quality of wrestling I, is very similar. Yeah, yeah, just a, a highly different presentation. But like. I mean, I did a deep dive on the first episode, so we don't have to go into it. But well, let's go into it. Yeah, let's it's do it. Really, let's, yeah. let's start it, from the start. It's okay. a fascinating little piece of history. So yeah, one thing that was interesting is each episode, it seemingly, it was a rotating cast of commentators. So um, th- this is like one of the things that I, I enjoy about it being developmental because they were also developing different announcers, okay. trying out different things, seeing what works. Yeah. Even once, by the time we get to Arrival, uh, commentary is still figuring shit out pretty pretty huge ways. And bald, bald Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips <laughs> a little baby, and happy to be here fucking William Regal. I'm not a fan of that. No, I uh, loved Regal on it. I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan also, of happy to be here William he Regal. Sammy Zane is a warrior of the Campus Wars. Um... It's a great that thing to great. say. <laughs> Regal did the Emma dance. And that, we'll yeah. get to Emma in a second cuz I was Regal's one of the best comedy characters of all time. Yeah. He might I He's really It's awesome. hard for me to think of ones that are actually better than him. Like him and Tajiri all-time comedy, Ryan. <laughs> oh yeah. But, but he was Regal was also wrestling in NXT, right? Sometimes he had, he had a match against Cesaro. Just a match, okay, okay. And then um, his other match before that he had was, I think, on the final episode of FCW TV, where Ambrose took him out with the, like three knee tremblers, like just running knees in the head. Okay, it's okay, great stuff. That mm. see how see how both those matches. Oh no, uh, I think his other last match was he had the a match with Cassius Ono. Yes, yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah, that yeah. Because he was talking about that. Um, okay, so JR oh no. JR introduced introduced Dusty Rhodes as the interim general manager. And that was fun. He's just a common man. Um Bo Dallas comes out with his he has his little promo. Oh, he's man, the cutest they, they little hollow earther in the world. Absolutely think he's gonna be their big baby like he's gonna be their big baby face and mm-hmm. like for all the right, for all the times they knocked it out of the park, sometimes you're like, Wow, you really swung for yeah, the fences. No, with, the with, he, I, I he showed up on the B though, team. And we'll we'll get into this as we go on, is this was something that was almost an immediate thing that you saw was the ability to adapt and change with how things are rea- are getting reactions, which mm-hmm. was one of the best things about NXT. Well, yeah, because... That dusty influence, you know, mm-hmm. especially, like, especially at this point when he's, you know, he's still alive and there every day. Like Triple H really took that, like, was able to, to roll with that, and especially with such a small team, and you have these homegrown fans. 
And the, these fans are NXT, like they became NXT fans, the Full Sail crowd. Like it became part of the show for a while, and it mm-hmm. was actually a really good part of the show. Uh-huh. For, for until then, they got up their own ass when they started. Isn't that the which, thing? Which happens with a lot of fans. Uh, say wrestling is always a constant tug of war between being awesome and then being ruined by the fandom. Mm-hmm. And up its own ass. And, and uh, you know, we're you know we're we're no uh, exception to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but Bo Dallas, third generation wrestler. That's the thing. I mean, his, he's got names behind him. He's technically he's good, but it's just wild to think of. I guess you, you know hindsight's twenty twenty. But yeah, would he's not got have seen that. Blackjack Mulligan's his grandpa. Mike Rotunda. IRS is his is his papa. Erwin R. Scheister. Yeah, uh, he's got uncles Barry and Kendall, who were Wyndham's. what tech the Wyndhams. Barry Wyndham, former like NWA champion, so, Hall of Famer with the Horsemen. So Bray was named after his uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and, God, and he's his godfather too. Okay, and then Bray's his brother, who comes in later, and we'll talk about that. Holy shit! Well, Husky um, Harris had been there prior in the game in show, right? Show. Who had already gotten sent back down? He was, he was in the game show era. He was in the new Nexus, and then he got killed by Randy Orton during uh, CM Punk's feud with. Uh, hold, with hold Orton. up. The Randy Orton feud has started started from the beginning. Yeah. Damn, that's good well, storytelling. That is good storytelling. Which was the 2011 like uh, the Mania match for Punk then was against Orton. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. And, like he was Punk was the leader of the new Nexus, so. They killed like Husky and sent him back to NXT. Um, what's really funny is that um, he was kind of tinkering around with some of this character stuff, and somebody else who was kind of around him at the time when he first started doing it was uh, his name is was Bobby Dutch, Bill Carr. He goes by Dutch now in Ring of Honor, or and wherever the fuck he's at now. But he said, that "Oh he, yeah, I remember that guy." He had also um, he was uh, with Dan Barry, Team Tremendous. Um, he said that he was also kind of thinking about like a, a gimmick like this because they're so similar, like as like interests and stuff like that. Mm, okay. He, lo- he loves Bray. He said he loves Wyndham, but he's just like, oh, he's like, I had kind of pitched something like this too, like not the exact same thing, but like along those lines. So Dan, Dan Spivey, the, two point Yeah, Dan Spivey. Your lives gonna be in Waylon Mercy's hands. <laughs> uh, so the first match is Rick Victor versus Bo Dallas. Rick Victor ends up being in the Ascension, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, this, really? The, well, this is the ver- this the is... original Ascension. Is what is that? What Speaking is it? Up, dude, Big Con. You know, this week just uh, debuted in Impact, right? Yeah. So oh, Rick really? Victor was like um, he was like a journeyman. Like he was already old at this time, <laughs> and so he was um. Like known as like Apocalypse, he was a uh, Calgary guy. He, he debuted in two thousand and was trained by famous uh, famous Canadian wrestler guy who would come over and help the all the Canadians over in Calgary because he was originally from Japan but then went to Canada. It was Tokyo Joe. Oh, Wait, who was it? Um, the trainer of Rick Victor. He had been oh. signed, like I think at this point, only for a little bit, but he'd been wrestling since two thousand. Okay. He's he's a really good worker. I remember like one of the Ascension's last couple matches, you know, because they would like have one match a year on TV. It felt like get, they were like get just ready a... for like Survivor Series, so they could bring in another tag team. Yeah, they they, they were the in. Clones. It might have been a fucking Survivor Series that I saw, but he got like a hot tag and like had this like crazy good like fiery run for like a minute. It's like oh yeah, he's a really good worker. 
I, I used to really like the original, like the original, the second generation Ascension, because they just work like their own wares. Well, and th is that when they got makeup and stuff? Because they looked so different than what I remember yes. of the Ascension. Well, because the Ascension was a different guy, or one of them was a different guy. Yeah, Kenneth and, Kenneth Cameron. Yeah, it was like an Illuminati gimmick. If like that, it felt like that's where it was headed. And so, oh, okay. yeah, that's the second match against um, it was what uh, Mike Dalton and C.J. Parker. Yeah, yeah. C.J. Um, Parker, the current Juice Robinson. Yeah, and Mike, and Mike Dalton. Dalton. Tyler Breeze. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought I thought Mike Dalton was Dolph Ziggler when he first came out. Because <laughs> he's just a guy. Yeah. I thought mm -hmm. that, and while I was watching Arrival, I was like, is that Juice? Guess it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, he did not get good until he left. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he, the, well, because he left, he went into the dojo system after being in an NXT. Right. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. he was he, not he, good. No, he, but, he needed that. But he That's was still as... Like, uh, I, the way he moved, just yeah. Like the I don't know the me. word I'm looking for, but he still is like you hate him, creepy. Um, yeah, guy, guy who works has a college degree but works at a mall kiosk, not just because the economy's bad, but because he likes because some... he likes stealing pictures off your phone. Yeah, <laughs> that, that kind of energy. I'm not saying that actually about uh, fucking juice, but he just has I that energy. I would have thought that he works at, a, at a, like an herbal supplement company. Oh yeah. Oh, that's you. That's the same. The mall. That's yeah. the same mysterious energy to me. Both those things. Yes. Both those things. Both of them dark energy at the vitamin and, store at the mall. But um, you know, we can't really judge him for his life because, um, he, he's with Tony storm. So he's doing fine. Yeah. He's doing a okay. Did he, he cut those threads? Cut his, oh, he, he has those threads. Okay, good. Good I for love you. him. I okay. don't love him, but I, I love him. In love with him. We you don't know him like I know him. Watch watch him talking to Trent and Chuck. You might not love him as much. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want <laughs> to investigate my faves to find their problematic. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, I just, just want. I. I just want him to be mine. I don't need to hear him talk. I don't even like him that much. I like the left hand from God. I think that's a cool name. <laughs> or left left hand of God. But. Uh, um. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we had a. There's a Bray Wyatt video package, and Russell was watching with me, and she was like, "This is cool. This is wrestling. This is cool." Yeah. So then, uh, this is a little tangent. I decided to show her uh, John Cena's should have been last match. Um, Punk in Chicago. He, he needs more. The well, no, 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 no. Like as a joke. Versus Kurt Angle on SmackDown in 2002. No, <laughs> the, the Bray Wyatt. The, the what? Yeah. Uh, the, oh, the, yeah. I just like prototype. The cinema. Against uh, prototype versus Samoa Joe uh, at whatever that at UPW in two thousand and one. Haha, Derek, we ruined your story. Yeah, the the cinematic no, no. match um, at WrestleMania. Oh and, hell yeah! And as I was scrubbing through that WrestleMania, was fascinating. Man, I gotta rewatch that. There was that. there was a video package with with uh, the hacker. Remember? Oh. Fuck, I, I didn't. <laughs> but I mean, but, we get our own hacker here in NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah now, now, now. But in that, a few years, we're about to fucking. Mustafa's being held hostage by WWE right now. But that entire, um, but she, she watched that match and she was like, "Oh, this is really cool. It really is fascinating. This I forgot is, about that match. This is crazy." And I she didn't understand everything, but I can see why. By the way, I don't either. So after like. Be watching some of like the old Bray Wyatt promos, and then thinking about that, 
I can see why he'd probably be very difficult to work with. Yeah. Because he is so creative. Mm-hmm. And, like, people like that. And, like, I understand this. It's like if somebody starts changing some of your ideas, you're like, fuck you. Like, what the yeah. fuck do you know? Well, yeah. I remember when I was casually who, watching. Who you fucking beat? I remember when I was casually watching wrestling with you, Isai, like, Bray Wyatt was a big hook. I was like, this no, guy is. No, hook's on AEW. <laughs> he was. Send him. He hooked me in. He made oh, me want to watch more. Big hook, big hook. That's you what they call that, uh... you're, you're, so, Wait, you're coming out here and saying that Bray Wyatt was a hooker. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, more, uh, yes. more power to him. Uh, uh, hook them horns. I hate them. I'm from Oklahoma. But anyway, <laughs> that's the that's the that's, that's the a joke for me. <laughs> that's the Bray Wyatt uh, tangent. Uh, it ended with Tyson Kidd versus Michael McGillicuddy, the, who the former Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel, who's BTLM. Who's they're brother, like whose dad is it also a guy? Mr. Is Mr. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. But they're like not just a, how... a guy. It's Mr. Fucking Perfect. Gregarious, <laughs> not shy. Like the A guy is literally the opposite of Mr. Perfect's gimmick. Um because he's, he's the man. Um the Mr. Um Uh yeah, they were just like, hey, so Bo Dallas, third generation superstar, and then the fucking Curtis Axel, they're always like how can we make people forget that he's Mr. Perfect's son? <laughs> How like, can we at make all times. forget that he's also a decent hand? Well, he, they can name he, him Michael McGillicuddy. That's what that they can is, do. That's a fucking awful name. So, even when... So Curtis Axel even... Show. Curtis Axel even is a reference to, like, his, his family. and his grandpa. The, the axe thing. There but the axe that's still, like, that's so fucking inside that... Most people who know about wrestling history and stuff wouldn't necessarily get that reference. They were just like, yeah, Bo Dallas, yeah, yeah, has a family. Michael McGillicuddy, he came from the trash. We pulled him out of the dumpster <laughs> behind, like, the hot Florida sun. He was smoking like, a cigarette been out behind the Burger King, and we said, hop <laughs> in, dude. And then they pushed him for a year and put him with Paul Heyman after doing this and still... Like, they, they killed him, tried to revive him, and then killed him again. Fuck, I mean, but hey, you know, he could have been the next Cena. Then him and Bo Dallas were the B team, right? Later. Is that the go, last go, thing go. they did? Is that the yes. last thing they did? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, they got released as what's, the B team. What's Bo? Are they doing anything now? Not really. Uh, probably, okay. hiding from the law. Can tell. Probably, probably hiding from the law for some January 6th sort of... Um, no, not that I can tell no, you about the lizard man. I have listened to a lot of Bo Dallas on Chris Jericho's podcast. I don't think he's a, like, a I bad don't think so guy. either. I, don't, he, I, mean, I think conspiracy theories, unfortunately, um, have just gotten such a bad rap over the last couple of years. I well, like a yeah, fun conspiracy he, theory, but... I'd say that he... I don't think he'd be that kind of bad guy. I would not be surprised if I heard that one of the things he believes in ends in because of the Jews. So Whenever you start talking about lizard people, you start Googling the history of that fucking trope, and you're like, oh, this is anti-Semitic. But I think he wants to believe in Godzilla. I think that's what And who doesn't? And that's what I want. And I hope, and I fingers crossed, I'm judging books by covers. And exactly, I'm lumping him in in with some bad dudes. But But, hey, only time will tell. Yeah. Um, then I watched episode two because I Uh-oh. wanted to see Seth Rollins' debut. And so, like, the um, yes, sorry, he said to speak, yeah. So, like, this one here is such like it was kind of didn't show like really much of a change between FCW, mm-hmm. it's just better production and it's really under the WWE banner. But, like, everything aside from the fact that Tyson Kidd and Michael McGillicuddy got like fucking like 
14 minutes. Mm-hmm. That was a long fucking match. Especially when everything else went collectively th- three minutes and 38 seconds. Um, it's really it interesting. Was, it, was, it was just... It doesn't really prime you for what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. This next episode's actually... The second episode's when you start seeing little glimmers of like what's going to be going on in the future. Yeah. And yeah. this is is now. This now. is when you see uh the the alternative influence where Seth comes out and moshes wearing an asking Alexandria shirt. <laughs> was his song still like the It was just heavy. It sounded like you wrote it. Hell yeah. There was no burning it down, but it was uh Seth versus uh Jiro. Yep. And I tried to Google him, and the only thing that came up was Ikaminjiro. So this guy, uh, like, he was just a guy for a while with NXT. Okay, like, I, I don't know mm. anything else that he did. My, some of my favorite like little things to run into in wrestling is where did this guy come from and where did he go? He was and he where did he come from? Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, yeah. That I was gonna say in NXT, his name could have been Cotton Eye Joe. So, uh. There was gender versus Jason Jordan, who I forgot about. Future, Hall of, mean, Future Hall of Famer. Dream Maharaja Man. versus the you know son Kurt of son. Son the guy of who threw pro, the guy who threw produce and went but away forever. Jason I will Jordan say, was a guy that was signed for so long before he got the American Alpha gimmick, mm. and they tried very hard with him, like a real Angelo mm. Dawkins kind of situation. Yeah. Mm, Dawkins was there too, and then still Dawkins was sat there at the same time, but still hadn't yeah. found his. Uh, yes. His uh, his uh, Montez yet? I I will say Jinder had a presence to him. Well, yeah, because he's gigantic. Like he is a gigantic man. Like, yeah. and in a small arena definitely like that, not like fucking Jack though, <laughs> a little less back knee. Yeah, yeah a, a, um, a lot less back knee. <laughs> y'all, in three years. Ginger is going to be the new Corbin where y'all are like, Zach, you're right. Ginger's hilarious. No, no, I don't believe it. I know he. I'll root for Shanky, but I will not root for Ginger. Ginger is, I mean, when like, when I, because I first started watching, we first started doing this podcast as he was getting springboarded to the title. I had no context around what people liked or didn't like. I thought he was a fun character, and I do think he has an intensity, and I think he has, uh, he is funny. But it was just, he was kind of a victim of circumstance. The only gender I like is 3MB gender. That's what I'm excited to get to because that's a fascinating, that's a fascinating, like, group. Gender, Drew McIntyre, and Heath Slater, right? Heath Slater looked so fucking weird, Heath Slater was the one that kept his job the longest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Heath Slater was around forever. Uh, Isai, go rewatch Mixed Match Challenge. And that is the nugget. That ginger is the nugget that could be hilarious. Just like Baron Corbin being ba- like overwhelmed and baffled was like the little nugget of truth in his character that eventually became uh, the the greatness that we got last year. So, but the thing is, sometimes it depends on the wrestler. But sometimes once Vince opens the soda the soda can, you know, it, it just gets it, it just loses its fizz, and he's not interested so, in it anymore. Some, sometimes when you pop, the fun <laughs> what, does stop. What what a fucking what a phrase! You know, sometimes he opens the... the soda can, he loses the fizz. You know, sometimes <laughs> once the carbonation's gone, he's like, "I don't want another." But we'll see. I think gender could be. You know, no, I think he could him. be. Fuck you. Yeah, I don't think. I think. I think gender. I'm here to gender. Gender hit his ceiling already, and this, he's gonna. Well, his ceiling was literally the top of the the business, so that's pretty good. Yeah, the top guy. But I I think yeah he should that should not have been his ceiling at the time. 
Uh, um, beat that loser Shinsuke for an entire summer. How, how was he in NXT? Less jacked, of course. Yeah, yeah, so he was also, I think at this time, he was has also already been on the main roster because he had debuted oh, kind of okay. with Ali. And so that that's a lot of these guys were doing both. Yeah, um, and that's that's the thing I, I have uh, some questions about later, mm-hmm. too. So, um, I mean, that continues all the way up through basically it's like Sasha Banks was the last yeah, one really doing that. was kind of a Sasha thing where she was kind of pulling double duty for at least like a, it seemed like a month. Uh, yeah. Once the the Finn and Bailey era of NXT is when NXT is entirely separate like planet than the main that's, roster. That's firing on all cylinders. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so like, what's wild here is there was so many just random people. Yeah, like were... Leo Kruger, Craven the Hunter. So Leo, I loved Leo Kruger's character. Um, he was it was like, cool. The, the South African like hunter. Yeah, like, Craven was, the Hunter. He won Spider Man. He was. Uh, it literally is Craven. That's I have what. No his... idea what that is. Um, it's a spider. It's a Spider Man villain that was literally his inspiration. Yeah, like, that one makes for sense. One. Um, and then Aiden, this is Aiden, Aiden English that was out there singing, right? I don't know if he was singing. I didn't watch this match. I don't think he was singing. He he was just vanilla at this point. Yeah, like, he it it was a squash match. He was like a jobber essentially. Okay, mm. so I know like that was one of the things like when he started doing his singing, um, his singing like gimmick and everything. That's when he still he started taking off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then. Um, it's when he actually started teaming with Simon Gotch. That's when everything happened. That's mm. the Vaudevillains. Va- Vaudevillains. Oh, yeah. I remember the Vaudevillains. We'll yeah, they were, that. They, they were, like, it's the best gimmick that wouldn't, that literally just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's no way to make that work on the main roster. It's, like, it's real fun to play. the gimmick that worked in, like, it was the best NXT gimmick. Mm. We'll get to this, too. Same with Emma. I didn't like I that. will I will talk about Emma. Um we had Usos versus the Ascension. The Usos were interesting. Usos Is that what, did and... they have face paint at that point? I think they not... I think they've just they kind of looked just like, like generic. They look they generic were creator foreign. wrestler 1, creator wrestler um, 2. They're gen- generic Sam- Samoan wrestlers. So yeah. they had already been called up to the main roster. Okay. And when they first got called up to the main roster they were like, like saying, "Hey, like we're not all like we're like anytime you have a Samoan wrestler or a Tongan wrestler, they're always just savages." Well, that's not us. Like we're, like we're cool. Or, or we hip. have sneakers. Like, yeah, like shit like that. That's kind of what they did at first, and then they like, they didn't get over, and then um, they were doing shit in NXT, and they kind of just became Samoan, embraced part of that heritage, and that's actually kind of what helped propel them. And so this is something that happens with NXT, at least at this time, is that you would go down there to workshop something and get like a real like WWE produced type thing, like feedback on shit, but be able to go down there and do this. We'll see this, especially with guys like Tyson Kidd, who revamp his entire career or Natalia. Until Samoa Joe comes. (laughs) Until Samoa Joe comes. Everywhere, um, but like Natalia, like same thing. Like that match with Charlotte, like she has later on, really fucking sets the tone for shit. Okay, and real quick yeah. before we hop back into the episode, while we're kind of talking about the what's going on in the world of NXT, there is this. We're also where are, are we in like in the backstage area? Yeah, are we still having like Dusty Rhodes doing his Dusty Rhodes promo classes, 
being, yes. you know, like everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is also like they're getting just the highest quality training uh, that like it's a like young wrestling, wrestler could get. Is it like wrestling college essentially? Uh, yes. yes. And then Absolutely. also the the thing is is that they're they're kind of getting some of this high quality training, but this is still such a work in progress, especially with a guy like Bill DeMott at the helm. Yeah. Is Vince Vaughn there yet? Vince Vaughn is Bill DeMott. If you've, if Vince, you've seen the uh, that oh, page Vince, movie, yeah. Vince Vaughn, Vince is, Vaughn is them erasing. Yeah, no, he's pretty that's nice. them erasing Bill DeMott's character. Like, what? oh my my internet got unstable for a second. Can you guys hear me now? Better. Yeah, yeah. I can okay, hear you. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, uh, I was gonna, Vince Vaughn's yeah. character is them erasing Bill DeMott. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to make him less of a fucking monster. <laughs> like yeah. yeah, like they're just like yeah. The the real person. No, we don't want to put them him in this Hollywood movie. No, let's get it. Let's get a charming, famous man to to, <laughs> to, to, to you can that you can look at. Uh, uh, another notable piece of shit in real life. <laughs> yeah, is he? Dang. So but, um, he's just surprised. he's a he's an asshole. Like he 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 doesn't like talk to waiters. Like oh, he's he, famous <sighs> and he knows it. Kind of a deal. Yeah, like to like the most the severe degree I've ever heard of. Ew. And so at this time in NXT, we'll just kind of go over, so not just go everything like episode by episode. Yeah, yeah, no, I only did two episodes. <laughs> yeah, like um, I watched NXT already. I did, I did some notable, notable parts, though. Yeah, cool. So um, I just kind of yeah. want to go through a little bit of, like, some of the roster at the time. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. It's such a weird look into, like, who's, like, kind of, like, a big deal now. Or, like, random just fucking people who you've never heard of and you will like, never hear of again. Like, and one like, one from episode one with, like, Damien Sandow? I remember yeah. that name, but, like... He became Mizdow, and he's now Aaron Stevens. He's, a, he's still a wrestling guy. Like he, he, uh, okay. Um, huh. But it's like, anyway. you have your, like, you know, standard, like, WWE-type people. Like, we're kind of on TV, like Michael McGillicuddy, who became Curtis Axel. You know, Eric Rowan, you know. The whole Wyatt family. Yeah, they don't come until way later, though. Yeah, and then you got, like, Byron Saxton. Um, and then by arrival, he was on commentary, right? Yeah, because he yeah. had just been there for so fucking long. And I will so say, he, he... He... Sound... I'm guessing that was early in his commentary career, right? Yes. He sounded normal. Like, I know he's not the best, but he sounded fine. He does. He does the. I'm happy to be here better than, than a lot of folks. I think yeah. that, like the, mm. the kind of like, hey, we're having a good show here. Wow, this is really fun. He, like, I I was always kind of just annoyed by his commentary style until one of the house shows we went to where he a couple was, years ago, where he's the, where he's, where he's like, like the house the show crowd. host. Yeah, and I got it immediately. I was like, he's perfect for little kids coming to house shows. Yeah. Like for like he's he was actually like really good at that like he's he's the Johnny Karate of that was, was the same thing I, that was the first and, time I was like I like Byron that's fun he's like a fun personality and yeah, getting kicked that. in the balls by Stone Cold I mean that's that cements you that cements you as a fucking legend but like, anyway these like weird people that they have there that it's like like oh shit like this fucker was in NXT he was signed it's like we've talked about it at nauseum before but like Trent Beretta mm-hmm. like, and he comes out. I didn't know Trent question mark was a WWE thing. Yeah. And so like the reason why that started is he said like in practice, like on his water bottle, he'd write his name. 
and he would, he wrote Trent, but he's like, that's so weird. So he puts like a question mark. And <laughs> he's like, that's, that's weird. writing my name on this is weird. I'll, I'll just add well, it's, it's, well, it's his fake name. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. His name's Greg. Yeah. But it's like you have guys like that um, who are on like Yoshi Tatsu, like Oliver Gray, like – like these names hold, that like hold on just of... for a second mm-hmm. i love that he still uses trent yeah like in wwe because well i guess chuck still goes by chuck yeah any anyone uh anyone out there you can uh youtube the uh episode of wwe silent library and yeah. it's just a bunch of wwe guys in trent but mm. most guys in aew don't use fake names I do. Most of them actually i feel like it's like do. a 50 50 you know I like guess... nick, nick and matt jackson they're not actually jackson Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, just Kenny, because a name thought, sounds normal doesn't mean Kenny's it's real. Kenny's real name is Omega. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't his name like Tyson Butt or something? <laughs> his name is Tyson Smith. Yeah, oh, yeah okay, yeah. never mind. I was completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, like Nick and Matt Jackson or Nick and Matt Massey. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay, anyway, the dumb derailment, let's go. No, Cody Rhodes is, like, his last name's Ruddles. <laughs> let's yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Christian's named Jay Rezo. <laughs> let's keep let's say some real shit. Wait, names. dude, Jay Rezo is a kind of a cool wrestling name. Uh, also, like, Eva Lise was signed at the time as Sofia Cortez. Shaw Guerrero was Raquel Diaz. They had Richie Steamboat. Why the fuck so would that, you have a gr- I guess not to put the pressure of the yeah, Guerrero name that, on that's her, the but big thing, I guess that's it. Learning. Is oh, that was that his shoot daughter? Yeah. yeah. And that's and, and she's married and, to Aiden and, English, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Right. So that's where so, they met. One of the weird things I was gotcha. talking about this with Jenna yesterday is WWE always ends up doing this, but it's like it's almost like at first you're kind of like shit on a little bit. We could tell like Vince is probably not the most like on for it. They hire so many like second and third generation wrestlers, but at the end of the day, they always end up going to him because it's like at like, like oh he knows wrestling like they know this mm-hmm. and so it's like. You had Richie Steamboat, Ricky's son, Raquel Diaz. Like you had them. You had uh, Paige. You had Michael McGillicuddy, Roman Reigns. Like mm-hmm. all these fucking second and third generation people. Uh, Usos. Like, yeah, yeah. Jake, mm-hmm. this guy Jake Carter. That's Vader's son. Oh, I forgot about that. Well, I mean, oh. but like I remember. I mean, The Rock. Like his the big deal for The Rock. Like when he started blowing up was like. Or actually, when he first came in, it was like he's their first generation, third, you know, first third generation superstar. Yeah, like yeah. that was the whole thing. And then, like, re- I remember watching when Randy Orton debuted. That was a big deal. He's a third generation superstar, and I think that that all comes from Jr. being a football fan and like because that's a big thing. They're like, oh, you know, his his dad was also a lineman for Wisconsin, and like they always like talk about shit like that. Yeah, like, you know, that, I think that's kind of that's kind of interesting because it's like sometimes they really hype it up, and I and you wonder like with so many like third or second generation wrestlers, if you're like, oh, is this just kind of like a you know quote unquote like cheap pop kind of deal? Like I liked your dad, yay! Is it a kiss, or, of, or, is it a kiss of death, or is it a good opportunity? But mm-hmm. then there's folks like you know like you get Curtis Axel or ones that they're not really hyping up like the, the Axe Man. What well, was you, the the Samoan guy in Legacy Isai? Manu. Yep. So you get guys, though, that they don't necessarily, like, hype that element of them up as much. And I wonder if that comes down to, like, wrestlers, like, wishes. Like, hey, I don't want to be in the, the shadow of Mr. Perfect. Or if it's, like, also, uh, or if they're just like, you're not your dad. Also, this is where you kind of see a little bit of the kind of indie influence start to sneak in is in this era. Because then you do have guys like Corey Graves, who was Sterling James Keenan on the Independence. 
who had done his like a lot of fucking independent like work um especially like, he was for whatever reason like went to the uk a ton you had Cassius Ono, like Chris Hero, like everybody Man, knows Chris Hero. His I, I once promos saw... were incredible. Antonio Cesaro, Cesaro, um, Claudio Castagnoli, um, and then also like Tyler, uh, not Tyler, uh, not Tyler Rex, but Tyson Kidd, um, obviously a fantastic wrestler. But Xavier Woods was there. You know his last thing he did before he got signed? Uh, uh, College, the uh, junior tag league, right? Yep. Who was his partner? Zach, I know you know. Fuck, this. I do. I do know this. And I can't. I can't remember right now. It's Kota Bushi. That's right. Holy Whoa. fuck! Yeah. Also, I mean, somebody that just grew up in the business, Paige. Mm-hmm. Paige. Paige. Yeah. Literally was. And was she was wrestling. the first women's champion, she, right? Yes. And okay. also, this is something that I mentioned to Jenna. We'll talk about this later. They still call them NXT Divas. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I was noticing that. But what was the title called? NXT. Women's, the, it was the NXT Women's Championship. There was already a bit of a change, and it all started in this NXT. Well, and mm. like, wasn't yeah. that Paige's gimmick? Like, she was like the anti diva. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you want to see a really, really fascinating look into this era specifically of NXT Women's Wrestling and that transition, including some very great, like, subtle shade thrown at Bill DeMott. Um, WWE Untold on Sasha Sasha okay. versus Bailey. Um, it's you know on Peacock like they have a whole collection of those Untold uh, oh, documentaries. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's great to have you know Sarah Sarah Mato, um, like talking th- through like how they were still not allowed to like actually throw punches and shit as women. Um, and so basically like when no one was looking, she would have them train like she would train any wrestler and how she learned on the indies um and then and how she would teach uh, people before because she mm. was already training and just the fucking best. exactly and then basically she like basically said without saying his name bill demont would come into the room and yell at us and say only hair pulling now <laughs> um and then um they'd pretend to be following the rules and every time someone would turn around she'd you know have them start throwing strikes <laughs> yeah yeah and so um in this era, too, you get a lot of, like, main roster people that end up coming on and, like, doing dark matches. Um, they're trying to get people in the building. <laughs> John get... Cena at Arrival? <laughs> yeah, it, it's like you, you get a lot of shit. Clapping. that You just get so much shit like that. Like, you get, like, there was an episode that's, like, Sheamus and Alberto Del Rio were the dark match. Mm. Make sure people are going to stay. You'd get guys like RVD shows up. Sheamus shows up. Like... You have mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and then a lot of it was some of these people who were kind of halfway between, like like the Cesaros of the world and Alex Riley, McGillicuddy, Johnny Curtis, Derek Bateman, who've had main roster experience, but they were then kind of just sent back down to, to developmental because they didn't really have a spot for them on TV or they were just kind of using them on both. And so... Like the beginning of NXT was a really weird time, and especially because like they didn't just like outright have a title yet, mm-hmm. but then the they had the inaugural tournament, and that was introduced in July. So they went like over like a month with like oh a couple of months without having a champion. Yeah, like, just introducing characters or like yeah, 
Which building storylines. Like, which is very 2016 smart. Raw before the Universal title. It really there is. A kind month, of a, there was a month without a champion on it's Raw. It's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, like establish the landscape and be like, all right, who's king of the hill? And so there's already like something that is so different is it's like than WWE main roster, even though it's supposed to help develop, is you had kind of a little bit like that. They would do cool little profiles with people, figure out why. They even did that a great job of that on like NXT Arrival. Um of like, oh, this is this person. Like they did that thing on Emma. They did it on Paige. It's like they were looking at like Adrian Neville, Bo D- I, it was just like these really cool things that help establish characters. Mojo <laughs> Raleigh got one. Like Yeah. You just you got oh, got really cool fucking way to talk about pro wrestling and it was so pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. May not it's have so been fu- good. Yeah, it's so funny, like, watching old, like, any, and this, I think Zach has put it well before, too, but, like, going back and watching old wrestling just to watch the signs in the crowd and and what's going on in the crowd, it's so funny watching something and just be like, Mojo stays hype! It's like, oh, man, only you can wait a couple years and put the blue makeup on his face. We'll get to that once we get into uh, the arrival. um, We'll talk about the title tournament. So the competitors were Richie Steamboat, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's son, who was earmarked to be really good. Apparently, and then Chris he, Hero hurt him, right? He hurt him. Like, he had a lot of back problems. Uh, okay, as okay. Well, as then he, um, apparently it was a big complainer. I think he well. was, I think he was just, like, kind of too much too soon. And he had the weight of his fucking dad on him, who was known as one of the best, also like a coach. He's- and who had had like uh, still had been having great matches at WrestleMania and on Raw and shit within like five years before this, right? Yeah, like that, like the match with like when he gets in there with Jericho, and you're like, it's so what? good. Damn. Then he had, he had a random match on Raw, at, like and during that same run, I can't even remember who it is right now, but like it's a f- like twenty minute fucking great match on Raw with like sixty year old like Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, and like wow. he had like a. They did this like in North Carolina, and obviously he was big there when he was with NWA. Um, it was him and Jericho at a house show, and they went like twenty minutes. And like because say whatever the hell you want about Jericho's politics, personality, everything about him, he is very respectful of wrestling. Mm-hmm. He, and we're gonna talk about those things in a minute. But first, <laughs> let's talk about Omaha um, Steaks. He he said um, he was supposed to go over. Um, he's like. Uh, the WrestleMania three match with the uh, Savage, he's like he's like finished with Savage. Fucking Steamboat knows exactly. He called that to him in the ring like a brother, and fucking got him with the pin. And he gave Steamboat the win on that, like in front of a crowd that's gonna be super pro Steamboat. Mm-hmm. And like he's kind of had this like one last little like, hey buddy, here's your here's your gold watch. Like here's a yeah a last little taste of it. You can say a good goodbye, and that's so fucking cool. I love shit like that. Anyway. Super, yeah. Super Pro Steamboat was my favorite um, N64 uh, boat racing game. But it seems like, uh, but it seems like Richie maybe had maybe too much of a chip on his shoulder, or I, just it just didn't just didn't. Yes, catch. yes, yes. And then also he had like so much he had to live up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's, kind of, that's, that's back to that kiss of death sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Leo Kruger, Bo Dallas, Jinder Mahal, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Justin Gabriel, and Michael McGillicuddy. And uh, McIntyre was unjacked, right? Like yeah, he tiny. Was, he was weird, lanky, kind of like he's big, but it's like a weird, like kind of almost looks like a sea monster. Yeah, <laughs> that's like he baby, literally baby face, clean shaven Drew, right? Literally, I, like, like hit the. Like it. It, it took him growing out weird, dark chest hair 
and it felt like though like the chest hair that he was like shaving off and just keeping inside his body was holding his muscles back because the moment he went onto the indies did that fucking pwg run impact run did like that Evolve. Like, he yeah, the wild with Chuck Taylor and Johnny Gargano in a <laughs> Yeah, fucking like king of the indies, like across the globe for like six months, basically. Like, he won like the Impact title and was out of Impact within like a month. Like, just shit like that. Like, suddenly he came back with like super dark and hairy and just gigantic, like Looking out of way nowhere. More handsome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now hangs out with Wee Man on red carpets. <laughs> They look like they were having a blast. Oh, so you, yeah, you 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 get slammed by by Brock too. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, we man had the best weekend, yeah. best Rumble weekend. <laughs> and so, like in this, like you see, like almost kind of where they're going because obviously you're gonna put the title on somebody young, and you're gonna put the title on like uh, one of the guys that's gonna actually be there all the time. And mm-hmm. so it's like you see like Richie Steamboat getting in there. And he goes to the second round. Jinder Mahal goes to the next one. But again, Jinder's already had that main roster run. Mm-hmm. Same with Drew. Same with Justin Gabriel. Same with Michael McGilligan. Same with all those guys except mm-hmm. Steamboat, Kruger, and Rollins. Rollins wins it. And it's a pretty decent match. Rollins versus Jinder? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jinder's doing his job right. He's the big, like, he looks gigantic in that tiny, like, setting like that and like he's the the giant the monster for seth rollins and seth is still like indies, indies seth rollins like style and look and like he's not as jack as he is now and um it's it's a pretty decent match but seth rollins is the inaugural champion yeah. and so that kind of sets the tone of a lot of what is starting to happen in this time of nxt okay. because then you get um people like the former El Generico, Sammy yeah. Zane. So, real quick, in July, July 11, 2012, Bray Wyatt debuted. Mm-hmm. October 31st, 2012, Roman debuts. And then uh, Sammy debuts in August of 2013. So, Roman had already been like a guy in FCW. Okay. Liaki. Okay. Mm. But then he was like this weird, like, kind of sports guy. It, it was like it was a bad character, like like o- like Oakley's and like carries around like uh like one of those little stringy backpacks with him or like what? Yeah, just like he was like a star athlete guy and like oh, okay, like yeah, it's yeah. just like just the some, blue chipper. Yeah, exactly. And he wasn't that good at that time. It was also it's also very weird seeing Roman Rings and trunks. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't want to see those leggies. Yeah, <laughs> you put them away, Roman. Hide them. Some Long boys Roman. only. Long boys only. And so, also, the initial like Bray Wyatt character was so much more Waylon Mercy than what ended up on TV, um, like uh, main roster TV, mm. like or Cape Fear, whatever mm. you guys' mm-hmm. uh, point of reference is going to be. But um, mine is obviously. The, the pro wrestling one. Oh, of course. <laughs> Funny thing with this is, remember last uh, last time we talked about the NXT season with a guy named Eli Cottonwood? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He was initially in the Wyatt family. Oh. In the mm. test runs of everything. Yeah. I, I fucking love... He was love... going to be, uh, I think, Rowan. Like... Rowan Big Red wasn't going to be there. So was I it love always, faction what ifs. Was it, like yeah, they're it's one of my favorite too. things. Was it always Harper and Rowan and that was it? No. Oh, okay. Oh yes, 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 yes. Like yes. on TV. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. 
And I, think on, I think Bray at some point Bray will probably deserve his own episode. I, only because I think it's so strange that somebody who his is like, career is fascinating. Well, and because he was Bray, I mean, like, unless, I, from my knowledge, it's not like he was an indie guy. I mean, he was a, a second generation, third, third generation superstar in there. But he was, but he has like a creative mind that like is just so anti WWE like tradition. But that is exactly what he was born and bred into. Well, it's really but strange. also, it's not because it's this is just like. That's true. I mean, you might get mad at me for saying this, but this is like if the Ministry of Darkness, not the Ministry of Darkness. No, that's true. Who's I mean, who's who's the WCW guy? The Dungeon of Doom. Oh, Dungeon, Dungeon of Doom. Of yeah, that Doom, is that is good. insulting. But okay, good. but good. Yeah, it's like no, I mean, it's, it's creepy. It's I like guess there's always supernatural, it's creepy, Ministry weird of characters. Darkness mixed with Wayland Mercy, mm-hmm. and it's it's like, serial killer. It's like or it's culty, and it's that, like that, yeah, that's Ministry of Darkness, and Wayland Mercy was. Essentially, the guy from Cape Fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, it was done um, well. The date, yeah, the I, promos were done well actually, because Waylon Mercy did his promos fantastic. And yeah, those. It's, that's one of the also biggest what ifs in wrestling history because his body was just like done by the time he had that character. But that character mm. was so good, and like, it seems like they really were behind it. He just literally couldn't go in the ring anymore. Yeah, and he he is. Bray has charisma out the wazoo, and, and I, I think agree. that's why the fiend failed. I, I also think we the we 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 won't get into that as but. to why everything was working so well is that he also came in there with a chip on his shoulder, mm. and I think a lot of these guys did. Well, yeah, he was Husky Harris. You gotta, and you gotta Seth get Rollins, back from that. Yeah, my name's point. Fat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I gotta really fucking deliver here, guys. My name is Fat. Uh, um, like Seth Rollins at this point was already almost fired. He was already labeled as a problem. Like um, difficult to work with, quote unquote. Kind yeah, of thing. I, I, I think you're probably gonna see a pattern of uh, people who have different styles than Bill Demott probably wanted. Being labeled as difficult. <laughs> yep. But and then always remember that that label still gets applied to every black person in the world. Well, I say, and you hear it too in Hollywood too. Like, oh, she's so difficult to work with. It's like, well, also imagine the industry she's fucking working in. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think it's difficult. I feel that like some people are definitely difficult to work sure, with. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Egos, I, I, egos are all over that industry. And, and how huge. old was Seth? I bet Seth was a little shithead. Yeah, definitely. He, well, he yeah, he's young. still. He. This is still before he dated a Nazi. So <laughs> yeah. he still had some mistakes. Well, to cheated make. on his. Sorry, cheated on his wife. <laughs> broke up his marriage broke with up a his Nazi. Marriage with a Nazi. He seems happy now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does, people can change. So with his also with his baby gravy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I heard Nazi and baby gravy in the same time in my ears, and that that absolutely man. I blacked out some, for a that's, second. That's some, when Oster jerks off to screwdriver. Oh, some things time you to know make some Nazi deserve, baby gravy. Some things deserve to be the episode title, but just can't but be. Just can't be. Sometimes yeah, you gotta listen it. an hour nine minutes in before you get okay. to the gold. Yeah, let's um, go. But, but to go along with it, uh, this is something that held true up until the very end of. Uh, the black and gold era of NXT is that once you had Hunter, you were set. Once yeah. you were ready. Once you had Hunter in your corner, it did not matter whatever the head trainer thought, whatever any of the producers thought, because then you had the boss. The arm mm-hmm. over the and shoulder so, point picture. Then you have fucking Seth Rollins doing Phoenix splashes, doing fucking uh, 
small package drivers doing all these fucking moves because he was the guy now because he told Triple H he had a meeting with him. This was on one of the untolds. It's like, I, oh no, this is a, the Stone Cold Broken Skull Sessions. He was talking. It's like, I went up to Hunter and I was like, hey, make me your champion. Give me the ball. I will run with it and I will score. Like, let me be this guy. Hunter listened to him and did. It, it's it's a good thing that Hunter for sure never watched Ring of Honor because <laughs> see how much the crowd fucking hated Seth Rollins yeah. there. Bro, if I can't buckle they, bomb someone, I'm gonna take a nap out there. They hated him because like he also like was always gonna end up in WWE and like that's mm. one of the reasons. And then also, I mean, he was in the heel group Age of Fall with like Jimmy Jacobs and shit. Yeah, which was this fan fun matches. Tax, fan fucking tastic, by the way. Um, anyway. One of the other big changes, aside from the indie wrestling, um, kind of little sprinkles that you're gonna you start seeing in there, was women's wrestling. And mm-hmm. I feel like we need to really mm-hmm. talk about the effect that, especially even in this era of NXT, of what they were really fucking doing. This they is before Sasha. Punches. This is before Bailey became big stars. Yeah, they were on the show. They were generic just geeks yeah bailey was just whatever right oh man she was the super fan yeah yeah okay if you want it like i already talked about that untold and we earlier talked about like the impact of like the promo classes and shit go watch that untold and see sasha literally crying out of nerves during promo class trying to deliver a promo and bailey like being dog shit like (laughs) absolutely terrible Versus where they were, even by this point, and then where they are now. Oh, my you God. Know, and I know that there's so much more of a picture to be filled in, but, like, just as we look towards that other bookend of NXT Arrival for this episode, it was, like, it is strange to think, like, we're still, of course, we're still in the Divas era, mm-hmm. but it was, like, it was like oh, this match has time. Like, uh, Emma versus Paige. Like, this match has time. This match feels like someone behind it actually gives a shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. I'm sure leading up to that, that was incremental, but it was, like... It was it, it was kind of interesting to look back and be like this predates the you know the evolution, but there was clearly like consideration. There were seeds being put towards it. Seeds. I, I you like you can track this back like through like women's wrestling like it always just needed people to get behind it, and there just never were enough. Like Fit Finley is like famously the one who like started putting together the women's matches and is the main producer and he's really responsible for like you know Trish and Lita and all that stuff. Like and that he loves good to era. fight. He loves to fight. Um, I, I honestly wonder if, like, his influence spread to guys like Regal, who would respect Fitz's opinion. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, maybe I should also, pay more attention to, to women's wrestling. And also, I hate this, but Stephanie this McMahon being a brand gonna... manager, mm-hmm. know what is, like, this during this era, like, I'd you know say this as, like, person who's worked in marketing for a lot of years, like, that was a big marketing thing is, like, when... Like some like real serious issues for women, like where we're starting to get talked about more, and like there's verbiage out in like in language out in main cult, like dream culture talking Roman about, creature. yeah, like uh, talking about women's issues that had been like you know just like not talked about, and this is even like and then like prior to Me Too and stuff where that really blew up. Um, Stephanie is a very is very good at her job, mm-hmm. and. I, I bet she's like influenced Hunter to be like, this is important for business in the next few years. They're not listening to me uh, in the main offices at WWE right now. Like, but my dad's not. Li- will. 
Also, my, my dad my dad isn't listening to me, but my husband might. Also, um, like this is like Ronda Rousey came into um, mm-hmm. prominence in 2012. That's what oh. she signed with, with, with UFC. Um, but another thing is that Hunter and Steph have daughters. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he's a father and, of daughters. And I think he was like, here's something that we can use to differentiate ourselves. Ours from, be to your from like the, the, the main roster. <laughs> oh, God. Nice. John Mayer podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and then like Stephanie like also probably wanted to do that as well. And seeing like the big pictures like, oh, we can like this can be for our daughters and we can have like something that's a little bit different. And also it's going to look really good as like our brand. Like right. thinking about this in such like a very high level view as a business person, but then also as like people, um, it was a such a change because you had people like Paige who were there. They got Charlotte Flair, um, who at first was just Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Don't like, mm-hmm. and like they were they made sure never to call her Charlotte Flair, but it's like letting her and Natalia go out there with Rick and Brett in their corners, and just go and fucking steal the show. To steal the fucking show and have a fantastic mm-hmm. match, and it's like you were getting two minute, three minute divas matches on the main roster by these poor women who were just thrown to the wolves. Like Cameron mm-hmm. from the Funkadactyls got yeah. like three months of training before she's on the road full time. Jesus, had, like Eva Marie who was just put on the main roster, and you know this is obviously a little bit further down the road. But so was but, it kind of was it the 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 attention and kind of the like the the you know just the in- the attention and intention that went into women's wrestling in NXT was that what sparked the conversation and then be like why is this not on the main roster was it yes. the, yeah it, because, it was directly the NXT sort of programming that was like you're already doing this here oh, what the fuck over here dude exactly because the the give so like all that stuff the give divas a chance like hashtag thing that that was like what 2015 you said something like, like that like 2014 because it's the WrestleMania 2016 when they retired the Divas title, like yeah. that's that's pretty recent if you think yeah. about it. But like, um, like so it took that like NXT was starting to gain momentum and it was starting to gain fans and like people were I, there were more people watching the main roster like product that were also watching other types of wrestling for the first time since WCW. Because they were watching NXT. They were watching, like, indies and stuff. This stuff was all starting to blow up, and people were like, oh, like, w- their women's wrestling's good, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, like, they just went out there, and, like, by hi- hiring Sarah Del Rey as well, um, mm-hmm. they really, like, were... It, it was like you could tell they were serious about, like, actually kind of wanting to make a change. Yeah, and, because and you kind of see... the, the proof was in the fucking pudding when, mm-hmm. like, on NXT. Like, we'll get to it, but it's like NXT arrival. Like, the semi main event is Paige and Emma because it's for a title. Mm-hmm. Like, it's for the the women's title, and they called it the women's championship. It's like you had focus on Charlotte Flair or Charlotte. You had focus on even though she wasn't the best, like Summer Rae. Like, she mm-hmm. was getting a good shove. Emma, so... like, out the like Emma was getting a huge shove then with her weird gimmick. Paige like out the gate was like you could tell she was gonna be great. And so I mean you look at the kind of the, the overall painting and you're like, all right, you got Seth Rollins as the champ here, you got Paige being the champ here, and then you know for the tag titles you got Neville and Oliver Gray. So it's like yeah, you got small, young, 
up and comers who are you're, mm-hmm. you're making a statement by your roster of champions there being like this is this is the new guard i didn't just say it in my fun voice at the show <laughs> this is the new generation i mean he, he did say it with his fun voice but it wasn't just words it was actions <laughs> yeah and so it's like it was just cool because it was like um i got a whole um, fucking tournament too they did with the NXT tag titles and it seemed important because you had like the Wyatt family uh, Oliver Gray and Neville were called British Ambition um, you had like the Ascension like you had these different teams it's like oh they're kind of focusing a little bit more on wrestling and then also they would have the characters mm-hmm. it's like you had really weird characters that were a little over the top but it's like you could tell they were tinkering and they were trying to find stuff and something about that is so I, I just enjoy it. It's very it's like almost vulnerable, if you will. It's like mm-hmm. they're willing to change that way and it's like you don't get that within wrestling. Like where it's like, oh like yeah, we're listening, we're developing too. It's like you kind of like we're on this cool journey, especially when you started there, and that's what it felt like. It felt like, oh like we're at the start of something and they're working out everything. It's like we gotta really develop with these people. And that was such a cool thing at NXT. And especially like with the women's division, it's like, I remember when fucking Becky Lynch showed up and she was doing her little weird, like, Irish... Her Irish jig? <laughs> yeah. Or it's like Sasha Banks just showing up in gear. Bailey showing up backstage and just bothering Natalia. She, <laughs> like, her gimmick was she was the super fan. Mm-hmm. Like, Charlotte, like, having the weirdest, shittiest music, even before her theme that she has now, and just being, like... Like, oh, she's gonna be good one day. Um, being, I remember watching the Charlotte versus Natalia match, and it's like, it was so good. Because, mm-hmm. like, they were, like, Natalia was actually given a chance to wrestle. And it's like, oh, she is really fucking good. She has a heart. And it's like, they put so much importance on it. And you said this word, like, intention. Like, they, like, there was intent behind what they were doing with women, they weren't just a bathroom break. It was a big part of the show, and at times, especially as we keep going further into NXT, it was it was the focal point of the mm-hmm. show. It was mm-hmm. what brought everything together. You know, and just hearing like too, like you know, like the idea of like tournaments that's coming up a lot. NXT was like, was like was relying on tournaments. It seemed like they were really taking the sports entertainment aspect, dialing up the sports. And obviously keeping entertainment in there, but like it, it seems like we're it's, presenting you actual athletes who can actually do this craft in a really good way, and we're it, treating it with respect, and we're treating the audience, the, we're treating yeah, the audience with respect. Down the entertainment part either. It's no, they like, just crank the sports up a little bit. Yeah, it's like oh, we needed to fucking do both of these. Uh, well, they didn't have the full. I mean, NXT at this point didn't have like you know the full writing like staff of the main roster and stuff like that like writing was still kind of developmental for them at this point they too had, like, and a guy tur- <laughs> and tournaments are tournaments are free storyline mm-hmm. yeah. like easy you, and they're fun like it, you can develop you know personal storylines within it but you don't have to motivate a match it's just part of the tournament yeah, it's a great it's, way to get like dream matches you know it's uh, more tournaments 2022 and, more tournaments and mm-hmm. so another thing that is that happened in, as I was kind of speaking on was the like you feel like you're going on journeys with these guys, and the crowd started to do that as well. And so, kind of just feel like you're just a small town girl living in a lonely world. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just like you or kind city of city boy born and raised in South Detroit. You really like, like you really feel connected with a lot of these people because it's like, oh, I remember you when you were doing shit, and like I've seen like your journey. You just go along for the ride with them, and so then you get like super cool people and characters coming out, like Big E. Mm-hmm. 
He is the second NXT champion when Seth Rollins got called up. Um, he beat Seth Rollins for the title. And it's like his whole claim and rise was the five count thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like that got so over. And also that theme song he had was so sick. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's just like stuff like that. It's like, oh, there's like this. It's like this really like it's a big, huge billion dollar corporation. But they were able to kind of get this energy that felt so grassroots it because was they were always so forgotten and developmental mm-hmm. and it was something different it was hitting these different like taste buds if you will because it's like oh we don't get this over over mm. here and you hear from Mommy. like Sha- you hear from sean michaels like two talking about it like we just we had the opportunity to take everything we loved about pro wrestling and just toss it in a show he did not say it like that no, no, I'm not. My voice would hurt too bad. I'm looking at the floor and I'm looking at you at the same time. <laughs> but um, okay, I'm talking a lot. Anybody? Uh, anything yep. to say? I think I think maybe we should uh, uh, as we look talk about arrival. our arrival next week. We can talk. And, about no, we can it. talk about it. There's not much. Yeah, yeah, we well, can just get to it. Like Arrival is not that this, much. We, I feel like we've set the stage well of, like, this is what they're presenting. This is what they're saying. Uh, it's like, this is the next generation. They are proving it, and it's all leading towards their actual first, like, pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the, here's the thing about Arrival. It's not good, but it's the foundation of everything that is great. And it has good parts to it. It's a fucking TNA pay-per-view, basically. Great opener, yeah. great main ski, good women's match. Watching rest, it this morning, rest, I was like... happened. That's the thing. I was like watching it this morning and just made me think of takeovers being like, oh my God, you just get five good timed out matches and it's just a good show. And so yeah. NXT Arrival is the first ever live streaming event on the WWE Network. So it was the test run essentially? It was the yes. test run for Mania Absolutely. 30. Um, this was February 27th, 2014. And so, you know, we're a couple year or year and a half into NXT as this. It's getting a lot of got a lot of praise, especially from like the indie wrestling crowd and critics, because it is doing things a little bit different. You know, you had guys like Sami Zayn, the former El Generico, show up. Neville is getting his big rise. He's starting to really climb and you're getting these fantastic performers. Um and they're just kind of all heading away over in Orlando. But if you know the secret little knock and handshake, you get in there. And it's it's awesome. So, NXT Arrival, take it away. Uh, it starts uh, with Triple H doing Already his ready? thing. Doing his thing. Oh, it starts with the worst mistake of NXT is changing their music. I like it too, though. No. The next next song still is good. Who who is what is it? Is it just WWE? Because it sounds familiar. Is it, is it CFO dollar sign? It sounds like shitty Motorhead, basically. I couldn't um, tell you. I'm I'm looking up. I've never known who does the song. I've yeah. heard the song countless times. I, I, in my head, it's it's Wrestle Rock theme yeah. four. Yeah, it's just it's song was... by WWE Music Group. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I didn't like it, um, and. So we get Sami Zayn versus Cesaro. Which uh, is a fucking classic. I, and what, what, Cesaro, what, what? Cesaro was on the main roster tag team with Jack Swagger? Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was so weird to me. Uh, at this mania coming up is when he 
body slams the big show over the top rope to win the inaugural Andre the Giant Battle Royal and become a Paul Heyman guy. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's in, long, in so that was long this line. this last uh, NXT match? This was kind of, mm. actually, I think so. I think they, so, yeah. At the end, uh, Sammy and Cesaro hug. Yeah, so he was a guy mm. that they would bring in there to try to help some guys along and to get him more seasoning um, as like character work and shit and just try okay. just just to I don't know I'm just having fucking. But you out. look at it too, like so that match right there that kicks off the show. Uh, and I'm looking really at it here. I think over it's, 20 minutes. It's the longest match on the show, and it really mm-hmm. just seems like sit down and fucking look, look at this, and it's, it's just like so good. It's, it's Giving people to time to figure out their their new logins and stuff to the network. Yeah, exactly, and exactly. Get it up and running. It, it felt so different. Um, yeah. And it just and it really sets the tone, like, and kind of sets the table for like what's going to be happening in the future. But it was so good. Sami Zayn is the fucking best. Yep. Cesaro is the best base for any lucha type offense ever. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I, I, I can't talk about. I could talk endlessly about this match because it's just so good. Yeah. If we ever get Claudio, and you know, over in AEW, that. Him versus Phoenix is literally... Oh, wow, yeah. Actually, I'll do... It's not an AAW. One better. Versus Him versus Vikingo Jr. Or whatever. I can't remember yeah. which one it is. El Hijo That's del really good. Yeah, El Hijo del Vikingo. That is the actual... My little one number one dream match now. Well, cool. <laughs> so you guys should go check out Vikingo. And so um, NXT showing really, though, it's still developmental. Mm-hmm. With the next um, match, Mojo. Uh, I was gonna say Parker? on commentary throughout because every on our, this drove me fucking crazy. On NXT arrival, no one commentator ever finishes their story before they have to go back to the match, and like Tom Phillips has to like interrupt them. So it's a little anecdote, and it's like I'm a better one. roll up. <laughs> Literally, never one, and then never go back to the stories. It's also, baffling. Also, you guys see the ring announcer. Is it Brandy? Eden Styles, oh. who is Brandy oh, Rose. Oh, wow, missed it. Missed that. Yeah. Wow. I, I heard, I, the, I I heard skipped the person right, talking, but... I skipped right through Mojo Raleigh and, and CJ so Parker. So I didn't know Mojo went this far back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Mm. And was the hype bro that far back? Yeah, so he was uh, I don't get hyped, I stay hyped. And that was kind of like one of their, like, like oh, let's try to get uh, this kind of character over. That was Braun Breaker part one well t- i mean to be fair too i mean Ron really breaker does... part one is uh, his dad but... <laughs> that's true to be fair though like with mojo raleigh it really does seem like he just took himself and turned it up a little bit like that is what i don't say a great wrestler I don't, even know about, like... I don't even know about how much he had to turn himself up i don't think he did uh go watch breaking ground and to see zach Ryder annoyed by someone being annoying um <laughs> like I, it's it's corny to say i stay hype but some people live it and he I does. Joe Raleigh does live. Yeah. And well, so, and not. I think he's chilled out officially now. After I don't know if you guys saw the stories. He he had long COVID for 13 months. That'll slow you down. So he like just got over it. So this shows that it's still a developmental show. Mm-hmm. Very developmental match. Um, it was used to really just get fucking Mojo over, and that's it. I hate his finish. Yeah, yeah. the jumping I- sit. <laughs> tell me what tell, not tell me what too cool was there. No, let's not even get into it too much. Okay, you're right. We, was... I know. Yeah, you're right. I don't want. I didn't. I also skipped past it. How <laughs> I, fucking 
dare you. Why was Too Cool there? Is it just for like a celebrity pop, a little fun nostalgia pop there? I so, get that. Dolph Ziggler was on NXT 2.0 this week. Same thing. Get some eyes on it. Have a little surprise for everybody logging into the network. Be able. They did this. Byron did this call. It's like, oh, and you can go watch back everything that Too Cool has done mm-hmm. on the WWE Network. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. You give a little. Pro- of course, it's all business. Also, it's all business. It's, I, I like Scotty Too Hotty. I'm not mad at it. It's two guys that have a name. Get the crowd pumped up. That the your team can beat. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, that was a fast forward one for me. <laughs> I uh, I loved it. it. Was like turn it up, banging it, banging it, banging it, banging it. Oh, it's the Ascension's music. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. fucking mm-hmm. rips. That's the best part of the match. Uh, Emma versus Paige. Steph comes out, gives a little speech. I don't think generic white dance is a character, but yeah, it was Emma, to be- Emma it is insane. It was supposed to be kind of quirky, awkward, like girl next door vibes, you know. And does like the little dance and shit. Mm. No, it's weird kid at the school dance I, alone, which was me. Uh, which was which, me. Which became that... an essential part of your the create a wrestler toolkit in the WWE games. That is my favorite to give to your wrestler. I honestly think that's what it was. What can you do that someone in the crowd could see from yep. a yep. hundred yards back? That's so, all it is. But it's like in an, hindsight, so I was mad when she got called up because she's like, "Oh, she just fucking put with Santino," and it's like it's she just like already I like, can't like do shit. Looking back at it now, it's like, a oh, fucking course she was. She was just a comedy character. Like, she could wrestle really well, but it's like, it was just a comedy mm. character that was dancing and being goofy. Totally. Mm-hmm. No, no disrespect she... to to Neil Dashwood. I do think she was really fun. No, no disrespect. No, and like, I, and iPad case? No, I'm kidding. She was, the, she was you know, Oscar's liaison up to the, uh, the, the main roster Ugh, as well. Yeah. Like, hey, man. She's one of those like really tragic things. Whoa, like that's she's the just same person. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No disrespect. I honestly it's the same great. name, Derek, and the same face and well, person. I'm yeah. sorry, you don't got to be so condescending about it. <laughs> um, I remember that that Emma. I thought it was a different Emma. Same Emma. That's why younger. No. Yeah, also, she's well, she's a big what at what if because yeah. she she was a really good worker. She just fell right in between when she would be appreciated. Or for either her looks or her skill, and just fell in between both. Yeah, and so like I could see why that gimmick didn't translate to the main roster. And then yeah. Paige comes out, who's like twenty one at the time, mm. and a just baby already owns the ring, already owns the crowd, has such charisma. Just everything she does has like intention behind. Like, it's like, oh yeah, no fucking shit. Like your whole family's all wrestlers. And it fucking shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, it's, of course, they're like, we got to really showcase why women are different. Let's get the two people who have been wrestling since they were like 13. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, totally. It was a fantastic that match. was so match. good. Was Another really one good that's match. the third third longest at uh, like, uh, just about 13 minutes. Which, is, but at the time too, like what we were saying, like this is pre give divas a chance. This is like you're used to two minute, three minute matches to have 13 uh, minutes of just like go out and kick each other's ass. Cool. I, I I'm guessing it was like a Trish like match at WrestleMania like ten years before this. The last time women got thirteen minutes in a match, exactly like straight up. Like I, I can't think of another time it would even be like applicable to what they were doing in WWE. Even even Trish and Lita matches were like nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Like the like they never went this long. No, yeah, it was really fun to watch. That was a that was mm-hmm. a great one. Paige retained. Yep, good stuff. 
Uh, then we had uh, Xavier versus Tyler Breeze, but uh, Rusev comes out. Was oh, he but... already on the main roster? Yeah, so this is 2014. He had okay. just uh, was in the Royal Rumble. Oh, okay. So Alexander, or was yeah. he just Rusev at this point? Alexander, Rusev. And then um, we had talked about this person before, Mike Dalton. This is when saved his job was turning into Tyler Breeze. Yeah. Had he it. he had the fan the Tyler Breeze gimmick like way back then. He was doing that for a long time. Yeah, so he like it was around this time is when he went from Mike Dalton to Tyler Breeze, started doing the male model stuff, and that's that saved his career. That yeah, saved his job. I love that story. Like he and he and Xavier just sat down and like pitched gimmicks for him for an entire day to each other, and then like. That's where Tyler Breeze came from. It's just them working on it. And then That's so cool. I love that. Xavier Woods was already on the main roster. Um, he was our truth's friend. He was oh, okay. introduced as our truth's friend, which for the second time in his career. Um, <laughs> and then also was then paired with the Funkadactyls and just took Brodus Clay's music. Okay. That's okay. why he had the "Somebody Call My Mama" song. <laughs> it ended in no contest. I I don't. How did yeah, because Rusev came out and beat Rusev, him. That's right. That's it right, was just right, a right, showcase right, for Rusev. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was 35 then, seconds. Does he stay in NXT? Uh, he kind or of hang out like floats. I, a little I feel bit like floats. a lot of people float. Yeah. So he had just kind of gotten called up, and now okay. this is like him getting a little bit more of a showcase and going up and all that. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we the main event is Neville versus Bo Dallas, the champion Bo so, Dallas. So. Bo Dallas is the champ, so let's do a quick rundown of how he got there. So Biggie was the champ. Then what happened? Do you say? Okay, so Seth Rollins loses it to Biggie. Biggie's a champ, but only for a little bit because he gets called up pretty fucking fast after this. He's yeah, because he was He's in like a thing look. with John Cena? Uh, for a he, second? And AJ Lee? He, he's um he's Dolph Ziggler's muscle. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. And that it that that group is like so over like that they were a big huge deal like that never quite turned out to be as good as they should have been yeah so what was bo dallas's run like and how did neville catch him uh, what how did how did neville catch up to him and what was bo dallas about bo dallas as a champion like okay so bo dallas was fine as a champion so, so bo they, bo beat biggie yeah so bo okay 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 and what happens with bo dallas is that they realize nobody likes him. Yeah, because I I realized in that promo he they he's doing the similar gimmick from episode one, but he's like leaning into it and being annoying. Exactly, and so they're like, keep the same gimmick, just turn like the annoying factor up, be mm-hmm. a little more over the top. Now you're a heel, and Neville was he was the man gravity forgot. Yeah, yeah. he was just oh, he still is. Dude. He is just a great wrestler. <laughs> And he's intense, and he trains hard. And, and him and Pac are two different people. They're with not. the same same shoulders. He his face looks entirely different. King of the cruiserweights, Neville. You see. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. When but, he stops sleeping because Enzo has the title, and he's like his voice is different. He's like he is fascinating to watch at this time. He, he's now still he's scary. So, he stole Bad News Barrett's voice I, and became scary. To not, to not um, divert too much, but this is a big thing with Neville. So he was on Colt Cabana's podcast, and like mm-hmm. he was very timid. And oh yeah, they, they had stopped even recordings. Like, hey, kind of want to talk a little bit more about this. I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable. 
And he talked just about his insecurities. That it's like, if I try super hard, I, I, what if I fail? Mm-hmm. And he was always like, so, like doubting himself so hard because he always thought he was going to end up failing. And that's why he never did tryouts. He was like, I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm fine. But then he finally did the tryout and then got a job and then became champion and was doing great things. Even his main roster run up until then, like it was hit and miss. He was supposed to yeah. be like in the ladder match, uh, Mania. The funnest fight. part about that Colt interview, though, too, is because you do hear that you know, that really timid guy, and then you see somebody mm-hmm. who eventually took their career in their own hands and was like, "I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. This is actually I I am at a higher level than this. Mm-hmm. I got to fucking do me." Yeah. And it's and like Tim- wow, that's a great story. Timid little Neville from that podcast would have thanked them for that T-shirt design. <laughs> yeah, but it okay. Was- so- so, but was, he's catching on. Fans are liking him. Yeah, it's because he's he flying around. So fucking good, and that, that was his gimmick. Is he's just great. And he's the main. And it lands him that on. main event spot. They kind of amp up like some of the like, kind of like superhero flighty things, like his like his whole like entrance and like everything like that. They try to make him feel important. They did a great job, and he pulls a good match out of fucking Bo Dallas, wins the title, and it really sets the fucking tone mm-hmm. for what starts happening when yeah. he's champion because it starts really focusing on these guys because I think this is when Hunter saw oh that guy came from the indies that guy came from the indies and they just fucking killed it for me mm-hmm. that's, that's what strokes his now indie. we can put the pedal to the metal next week and then he sees his champion the guy he's like this is a guy that now that we have the network we're going to be on the network every week that's my guy Another mm-hmm. guy that's an independent wrestler, because not that long before, like, or actually no, it even happened um, a little bit. Li- I don't remember the exact date, but this is when the Ascension were tag champs. I mean, they brought in Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards, the American Wolves, and they lost. And he famously said, "We have enough Tyson kids." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You can a tiger only changes its stripes so often. But or then so, so it's much. like when you see, I guess, like the quote unquote proof is in the pudding, and you see it deliver. Mm-hmm. This is where shit starts to change. Mm-hmm. This is our stopping point. Or did I think? Yeah, this is when the talk for an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um... No, this is this is where the fucking yeah. This is where the fucking pedal meets the metal, baby. This is where we fucking dive into fucking hell. Yeah, a motorcycle full of flames. Yeah, with the that independent era. Yeah. Um. But yeah. That's our our second episode about NXT, the greatest product wrestling ever produced. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening to this rebrand, um, y'all. You're not talking uh, about you haven't now. watched Jacked or Metal. Those are the <laughs> greatest shows. Ever. Okay, okay, yes. You don't want to see Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe like in 1999 and 2000. Oh, Jesus, before they're somehow before they're good. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yes. Um. That's that's the end. Thank you, thank you all for listening. Um, Shawn Michaels is no, the greatest wrestler the, of all time. Okay, debate. The the end, the end is going to be next episode because take over the end is. Part and of you know, I know era. we haven't released mm. any of these episodes yet, but I would love. I'm just so grateful for the outpouring of love for Terry Funk that has been pouring into our in- inboxes. Um, and I think we're actually going to get him on the show because of how much you mm, That's him. what that Russian spam from WordPress much, was. No, those, are real, those are real people. Those are real people, and uh, they love Terry, and um, that's, all, that's all that I have to say about that. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, Russell Boys 316 says uh, Jackass Forever. 